Either I found you or you found me. This is the Island Life for Podcast, and I'm your host, Stronzo. Uh, thanks for listening in, and welcome back. Climbing the hammock. Got Chatty Caddy, uh, my uh, trusty companion and personal assistant, <laughs> purveyor of ideas. He uh, at my feet. He just got back uh, from uh, the Big Island. He, uh, I was gone for three weeks, and I came home and found him underneath the gazebo with puncture wounds in his head. <clears throat> he scraps with this local wildcat that literally just destroys him. He sent uh, Chatty's been sent to the hospital three times to the ER from this one wildcat that just kicks his <laughs> kicks his ass every single time. But he's he's back. Uh, he looks like he's on the mend. <laughs> he looks like he's on the mend. Oh man! And uh, all is well here on the island. I was gone for three weeks, and I came back. And you know, it's uh, it's the end of season here uh, for until probably the end of May, and then it starts back up for the summer season when school lets out. Um, but it's definitely quiet. I had left the a uh, few days before Samana Santa, which is one of the biggest uh, party weekends of the year here. So. I intentionally missed <laughs> missed out on that, but uh, and my trip back to the states. I mean, this episode is about back to the big world, and I'll tell you what, <clears throat> it is. I don't know how you guys do it. I mean, I know how you do it because I existed and I, I've commuted. I, you know, I've driven ninety five during rush hour. I, you know, I used to have to go, you know, through the Holland Tunnel on my way into New York City when I was working in the city. I mean, I know about commutes and intensity and. Uh, you know, emails and all sorts of stuff. But it wasn't just that part of it for me. It, it, you know, being back there definitely was, um, and I feel it a, a little bit more each time I go, there was just this real feeling of divide. And um, it made me sad. You know, it made me sad. I felt that uh, a lot of people were very fearful. Um, and it's interesting, after living here on the island and um Stripping away all those, you know, those walls, you know, I think I mentioned in another episode, I just, I love, at this point in my life, I enjoy engaging with people, you know, and I, maybe it's just because I'm getting older, I want to be, I'm one of those people that's lonely and I want to talk to people, but I engage, like even just socially, like I'll, I'll hold the door for a man or a woman, I don't, it doesn't matter, you know, um, I'll, uh, I'll say hi to, I'll give you an example, I was, it was like one of the night, I was in Connecticut, um, it was uh, like 10 a.m., sunny day, Tons of people around. I was at a Cumberland Farms. I'm pumping gas, and I look up and make eye contact with this woman who's pumping her gas in front of me, and I said good morning. And she looked absolutely horrified, fearful, um, like closed down immediately. And it just it bummed me out, man. I mean, it just bummed me out uh, that, you know, that, you know, everyone's brothers and sisters, and, you know, we have to start evaluating each situation uh, as a case by case and do some threat assessment in our lives. I mean, I get it. I get it. I mean, she just looked at me like I was about to stuff her in the trunk of my car or something, and it just bummed. You know, it was too. It's too bad. You know, or even now, you know, you never want to talk to children in public. Like you never want to engage a child if you're standing in line and do that thing. Apparently, on airplanes, it's okay. Um, but. <laughs> Because at that time, parents, you know, there's no stranger danger on airplanes because parents need all the help they can to get their kids entertained, right? You know, hold my baby. You know, they'll hand their baby to a stranger on an airplane so they can get. But God forbid if you say hi to a kid in Starbucks in line who's playing peekaboo with you or whatever else it is. 
But uh, it was tough. It was, uh, you know, I do have challenges going back to uh, to the States sometimes. I just feel overwhelmed. I got uh, stuck in the news cycle. I think we had one, two, three mass shootings at schools and synagogues. And it was, it's, it's, it's a lot. I mean, and I try to stay out of the news cycle when I'm down here. I don't read the news um, the way that I used to. And I definitely don't get caught up in that. But I was, it's hard to avoid, hard to avoid. And I spent time in both Connecticut, um, which is, you know, a liberal blue state, and out in Ohio. And, you know, vibrationally, it was about the same, to tell you the truth, you know. So, um, but I went back to Connecticut. Uh, I I have to get medical treatments every 60 to 90 days um, at Yale. Um, they put me on some new medications I've spoken in the past about, you know, I have a, a neurodegenerative disease that causes seizures. And... Um, uh, you know, I'd really rather not be taking any pharma stuff, but I, I really have to at this point. Um, I, I've worked for years for self-healing, and there comes a time when, you know, that's not working any longer. Um, so they put me on a new um, antispasticity medicine um, called Xanaflex, and it just did a real number on me. I mean, it did a number on me. It wiped me out. I spent probably, you know, a week and a half on it and then got right off of it. Um, but in Connecticut, I had just a wonderful time. I mean, I had a great time. I met my parents' house. You know, who else gets to go back to their childhood home and sleep in their, in their bedroom? I mean, they've turned it into a guest room. I still don't have, you know, Sports Illustrated swimsuit pictures and Farrah Fawcett on the wall and, you know, the rest of the bit. They've turned it into my guest room. And my parents are so inspirational to me. I know I've mentioned them before, but... You know, I'm, you know, it's like on a Tuesday and I'm asking my, my parents, what are you guys up to today? And I had a few doctor's appointments to go to and my mom starts describing her day. And I mean, it's something like she's heading down south southern Connecticut to go down to uh, um, an elderly home to see some friends. And then she's working in the memory care clinic with people that are suffering from Alzheimer's and dementia. Um, then she has some lunches with a friend and then she was going to see a poet laureate do some reading um, and then she had to get up to Hartford because she had an advocacy group for um, learning how uh, to um, petition your senators and congressmen in nonviolent protests for, to facilitate change. Then she had to run back home. Uh, this is a woman who was in her early 80s. Then she had to wor- run back home, um, get dinner ready, and then they had like chorale practice in their chorus that they sing in. And my dad's day was equally as busy, including his first bike ride with his bike group of the uh, the spring. I think they went like 12 or 14 miles. He's 85, turning 86 with two titanium knees, and he's just out there doing it. I mean, there's a less, I mean, it's just... It's just amazing, and they love each other so much. They just, they, you know, they, they, they're so, so in love, and they, you know, they have just, uh, they've, they've created a life where they've lived within their means. They don't have a ton of stress. Um, they've been very uh, fortunate to continue to have health and uh, and happiness. So, it was great being home in Connecticut. I also had to wear a heart monitor for uh, two weeks. Um, I had a heart surgery about five years ago. I had a, a an ablation. I have AFib, um, and it re- and I did that at Yale too um, with a great uh, my cardiologist is Dr. Bott and, uh, down at Yale. Did a great job, fixed me up, <clears throat> but it's come back and I'm also suffering from bradycardia, which is um, a low heart rate. So basically, while I'm sleeping, um, and I'm no super athlete, that's for sure. Um, while I'm sleeping, my heart rate drops down into the low 30s, 33, 35. Um, and then while I'm sleeping, I go into AFib and my heart rate jumps up um, to 180, um, 210. 
um, and then it'll drop back down in the 30s and 40s. And this happens all night long while I'm sleeping. Um, I also have obstructed sleep apnea. Um, and uh, so I have a lot of challenges. Nighttime's a, a tough time for me. But it looks like I'm going to be uh, getting another heart surgery. It's about a 12-hour surgery, so I need another heart surgery, and I'll probably be getting a pacemaker put in. So I'm going uh, going slowly Steve Austin. <laughs> I could tell myself that. I know pacemakers know Steve Austin. I mean, I'd rather have a bionic eye or something. But, <laughs> but uh, hey, man, keep me on the road. Keep me rolling. I'm fine with it. I'm fine, whatever it takes at this point. So... Anyways, I'm feeling a lot better. I think I've got my uh, medication uh, sorted out, and um, uh, can, I'd just like to hit on a couple of points regarding the podcast. Really amazing feedback continues from everyone. Um, I know that a cat, a kitten playing with a ball of yarn on YouTube can get 32 million hits, and the fact that I'm getting thousands of listens... Um, <laughs> but I'm not comparing myself. I'm nowhere uh, as, as entertaining as a kitten in a... <laughs> and a ball of string but um and and this is the other thing i've mentioned uh, too is that I, i'm doing this uh, really as a digital diary um for my children and my grandchildren people who really love me and care about me and i'm sure people tune in and listen to 10 to 15 seconds and say what is what what is going on with this guy and then they tune out and that's the end of it and i'm totally cool with that but this is really a digital diary for when i turn to dust i mean I'd, it's nice to have people be able to go to a central location and listen to me in surround sound, right? <laughs> and um, so that's really what the goal of this was. And if anyone else wants to listen, and I think that's that's fantastic. And people are listening in and people are giving me feedback. And I'd like to touch upon a little bit of a, uh, some feedback that I got. You know, when I started uh, doing this, I, and I even do, at any moment I feel, I feel vulnerable. I mean, recording... Uh, um, something live or not live, but recording and without editing and, um, uh, just being vulnerable is, is challenging. And I knew that I was going to do this. I knew that there was a lot of different things that would come out of this. Some of the good things that came out of the podcast, um, I found out I had a half brother named John, <laughs> which is amazing, um, that I didn't know about. Uh, my sister, who's also adopted, it uh, begat this dialogue with her about her ab abandonment issues. And um, with my parents, we talked about episode one. And, you know, they're just so supportive of everything and, and just love me so much through that. But I did get a Facebook message from a woman in the town that I grew up in. And um, I didn't know who this person was. You know, we all have those Facebook friends that we just kind of accept when we're accepting friends. And, you know, they're you know, they're Facebook friends. And so I get a, a message from this woman. And she says, I don't know whether you remember me. Um, and she was asking, you know, about where I'd gone to school and just a couple of preliminary questions. And when she realized it was who she thought it was, her next, um, her next message to me was basically, and I'm summarizing, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that um, you used to bully me you took my glasses on the school bus and my mom and the bus driver and the school had to get involved. And um, I, I could tell just by everything that she was sharing that, number one, she's carried this a long time. Um, number two, even though I don't remember the incident, it does not sound out of character for me at the time. You know, I, I'm, I'm, 
I'm a, I was a bully. I'm not a bully now, but I was a bully and I was bullied terribly when I was, I was very small. I, I was, I don't, I don't think I ever realized I'm, I'm only five foot eight. And, um, I always, I think I thought I was much taller than I was. And it wasn't until a number of years ago, somebody put a picture of my like third grade class on, uh, on Facebook. And like, my mom held me back one year and I was still just, I was shorter than this one girl that like the tiniest girl in the class. I was a small, I, I was wearing suspenders and a belt, like just to give my, I was tiny. And I, and I, so I, I, I didn't, I was fighting everyone. I think I mentioned that when I was a young kid and I had all these, but I never realized how, <laughs> how small I was. Um, but until that, that Facebook post. So this woman reaches out to me and she's, telling me that I'm a bully and I'm taking it all in and I realize like um, that that I brought this back to myself for resolution and maybe for her too because obviously she had a lot of things to say about it and she'd been carrying it for a long time. And, you know, the truth of the matter is I, I, I definitely didn't feel like I needed any forgiveness um, for from her for it. And... Um, and I offered uh, my apologies, of course. But it's one of those things is that we all change, right? We're all capable of changing. And I'm not that same person that I was, you know, back then or at, at any time. I've definitely evolved. And But I'm not the kind of guy that if I was the editor of my Gumpy in Life um, where uh, I would leave all these scenes on the cutting room floor just to be able to show a hero's journey, right? I mean, that's not... I, I think I'm heroic in my own ways. I, I think I'm worthy of love. I think we all should feel worthy of love. Um, but I don't have a ton of remorse and regret. Um, I'm not carrying the past the way that I used to on my back because it was just such a great weight. I had done so many things wrong um, in my military career and, you know, as a contractor and things. And I, I really felt that I had made some really poor choices in my relationships um, as a parent as a son, as a human being, you know, those things, if, if you carry all those, and, and again, if you're waiting for external forgiveness on any of that, which I had been doing for years, um, you know, you just become a vessel of suffering, and I was, and so when I, you know, again, back to the island life, where I've spoken about what my goals here are, and this is to get to know thyself, to find resolution, so this podcast is literally doing that, I didn't even know that this was going to be a conduit to that, and it ended up doing that. So, so for this woman to reach out to me and, um, and for me to see, again, that the, the, uh, the effects of the things that I caused, right? So she listens in. I want to tell, tell her that um, I'm sure she is, that um, I, I didn't stop thinking about that. I, I meditated on it. I sat on it. I realized that for you reporting that into me, there's probably another 30 people that could say the same thing, you know? And so... Um, that's something that I need to take a look at the choices that I made when I was young, but I, you know, I just want to let, uh, you know, people know that you can change, you know, and you can forgive yourself for whatever it is, you know, and, um, because I think when you're carrying that kind of self-loathing, um, there's no way that you can be in a loving relationship if you don't love yourself. And I really, truly do love myself and, uh, and think of myself as, as a good person. So that's, uh, that's a little bit of housekeeping on that. Um, I'm so excited. I'm back on island. My son, uh, Eli is going to be down here in two weeks. One of the greatest human beings I know. Not, 
and I can take very little credit other than, you know, the initial part of, you know, no, I, I ended up raising him uh, by myself for years. And we were on my, uh, on Easter, we were driving out to see my sister's family and we're in the car and he had agreed to do the podcast when he comes down here to the island. And we were talking about some of the things, you know, and this is a kid that, that, you know, he's lived a pretty extraordinary life and traveled the world, Australia, New Zealand. He's when I was in Switzerland, he'd come over there and we go to Germany. But prior to that, he was, you know, part of my I call them my wine and roses days of uh, of ridiculous uh, wealth and abundance. I mean, it that's no longer. That's why I call them in hindsight. And I'm glad that they don't exist. Um, and here's a comparison, too, of something that's really into when I'm talking about back from the big world. When I'm in the States, um, I am so acutely aware of um, that challenge, and I feel myself immersed in it um, about keeping up with your neighbors or everyone's driving a nice new car or look at all the giant houses and I wish or I, you know, you get caught up in that. I wish I had more or if I had that thing, it would make me happy. And I immediately fall back into that when I'm off island. I really do. It's just the amount of exposure. I went to see a friend of mine, uh, Chris, down in uh, Fort Lauderdale. He was the best man at my my last wedding. He tried to talk me out of it. Literally, like minutes before he tried to talk me out, he's like, I don't think you want to do this. And now it's always a joke because I blame him that I think I say, you know, he should he should have been a bit more adamant about it. But it's OK. I ended up it, it, it's all on the journey. But uh, so I was down in Fort Lauderdale and just the amount of money like in Boca Raton and that whole area is just crazy, crazy, crazy. And I immediately so I fall into the news cycle. I'm into this uh, consumerism where I'm just going out and spending, you know, money every single day. You walk out of CVS with a, you know, a four foot long receipt and, you know, three items and it's $42 later. I mean, I just was spending so much money when I was back there and just this, uh, you know, the day to day of it. And, you know, and I've done the I've done the commute before. I've done the um you know, the difficult coworker. I've done, you know, uh, the getting kids to practices and just the juggling all that. And I know that's life. I, I get that. Um, I just, when I go back there, I realize that I, for me personally, I made the right choice, that those all really seem to be just giant distractions from um, the self-examination that I really wanted to do. I know that I have a luxury on this island. I, I've, I've mentioned that before, too. I, I, I have the luxury of self-reflection. I have the luxury of um, being able to really spend um, quality time with myself. But when, I was, when I'm there, I get caught up in it. I really do. And I love, I love parts. I mean, like I go to a big grocery store and we, we have uh, we have Dee's Garden here and we have two or three grocery stores and Dee's Garden is doing an amazing job bringing fresh fruits and vegetables and a lot of different stuff onto the island. They have a beautiful nursery um, and that's been the past real two years. Um, but still a bit expensive, right? I mean, there's a cost to get things to the island. So being back in the States and just like, I just go graze on, I'm like a bear with blueberries. I just pints of blueberries or whatever it is. Um, so I do enjoy that part about being back. Um, <clears throat> I, one of the things that I, I, I see when I'm uh, back in the States and, um, I don't want to go into it too much, but I just really felt the difference of, um, energetically about people feeling a little bit fearful. <clears throat> and I, I just hope that, 
um, in these coming years that we figure out a way to get back together. Um, I, I, I'm a great patriot. I love my country. I, I love the U.S., um, but I definitely see the challenges that we face ahead, and um, and it's 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 really disheartening. And sometimes I feel uh, again about being on this island um, that uh, I could be doing more um, to facilitate change. That um, I don't feel like I'm, I'm putting my head, you know, uh, an iguana with my head in the sand, and I'm just ignoring it. Uh, I I think you could do that in the U.S. too. I think you could go if you chose to not to participate in the news cycle, then you don't need to watch it. If you choose not to um, uh, look at your neighbors and have uh, want and need and, and uh, things like that, those are all things. But for me, just the amount of exposure every day to all of that and just kind of keeping up with it um, was challenging. So uh, being back on the island uh, takes, and also I came back and it's just so quiet, uh, so quiet here um, that I immediately uh, kind of just go, okay. I kind of breathe out and I start decompressing a bit. Um, but anyhow, I, I just wanted to uh, last before I go. I've got some great interviews coming up with uh, people. Um, uh, Chatty, you got anything to say, buddy? Chatty's slow recovery. Slow recovering. <laughs> it's so unbelievable. Um, my girlfriend Jessica is going to be uh, moving down to the island. Uh, she lives out in Columbus, Ohio. And she'll, uh, hopefully I can get her on the podcast. She's a little bit shy. She just celebrated her uh, 31st birthday and uh, just so brave and courageous. Let me, I don't care. It's my podcast. I can talk about whatever I want. And I, I, you know, I've been in a lot of relationships with women where I always felt like I needed to be the band leader, you know, and everyone needed to start marching to my thing. And it's one of the, a few relationships that I've been in where I, I, I'm with this person and I want to be more like her. I want to be more compassionate. I want to be more understanding. Um, you know, her bravery and courage, you know, she, she works for Nationwide Children's Hospital and she's selling her home in Columbus. Uh, she's uh, announced that she's resigning her position and she's moving down to the island for at least a year. And she, um, she had already, uh, prior to uh, m- meeting me last year, um, she had, I think it was her 15th visit on the island when I first met her. So her trajectory, she had fallen in love with the island long way, long before she fell in love with me. Um, and she gets the island and, and she, so it's fun to watch her go through all this and the adventure and being able to be part of that. And also, uh, in the next, you know, six months reinventing my life a little bit. Uh, I've spent the past, uh, two, le- two years alone on this island really. And the thought of having some company is just, uh, I can't even tell you. Chatty, no insult, buddy. No, gave me a gave me a shitty look. Like he cheats at, he cheats at cribbage, anyways, right? All right. So, anyways, listen, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, this is episode nine, back from the big world. Um, I've got some great interviews coming up, um, and I'm going to be putting out an episode a week. So, stay tuned. Wherever you're at, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening in. Uh, and again, thanks for all your comments and, uh, and everything else regarding the podcast. Wherever you're at, go out and have a great day. All right, my name is Stronzo, and you've been listening to the Island Lifer Podcast. Cheers.